You're listening to the Presence Pioneers Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast today. Many of you guys are going to know the song Worthy of It All. The guy Ryan Hall, who's with me today, he wrote that song with David Brimer. So if you like that song, hey, tune in to the podcast today. Ryan's also the executive director of the Franklin Prayer House right outside of Nashville, Tennessee, where they're doing almost 60 hours a week of live worship and prayer, which is pretty amazing. He and his wife, Karen, are worship leaders, songwriters, recording artists. And uh, so excited to talk to Ryan today and hear what God's doing in the Nashville area and hear some of his journey. I think this is going to encourage you all who love to worship, love to pray, want to see revival, and want to see Jesus glorified. I think you're going to be encouraged and equipped today as Ryan and I share. We got to meet Ryan in person for the first time. Welcome to the podcast. We got to meet for the first time recently in Dallas. We got to go out and get some Panera together. And it was great. It's great to have you with us, man. Thanks, Matthew. It's good to be here, man. Yeah, yeah. So we've had a couple of phone conversations over the years and then uh, finally got to connect. And I was like, well, I enjoyed getting to hang out with Ryan. Let's bring him on the podcast and welcome some other people to tune in and overhear our conversation today. So yeah, it, how was that for an intro? Did, is there anything else we missed? Just just your first time on the podcast. We'd love for you to just introduce yourself a little bit. Yeah, I mean... My beautiful wife, Karen. Yes. And then we've got two little ones that are with us, little girl and little boy, moved out here from Pasadena, California. Our kind of entrance into the prayer movement was at Pie Hop with under Cheryl Allen. Um, you made reference to the song with David, and that came out of one of our nights of worship and prayer on a Friday night in the prayer room in Pasadena. That was kind of the genesis of that song. And Obviously, David's incredible, like uh, the lion's share came out of him, but it was just a, a beautiful moment that came out of community and just people going after the presence of God. So, but yeah, came out here in 2016 with just a heart to, you know, we, we touched the tabernacle of David. Well, we'll probably talk about that a little bit, but, you know, once you touch that, you just, you're changed forever. So when we came out here to Franklin, Tennessee, we just wanted to keep doing what we were doing. Um, and we've been at that for a little over seven years now out here um, in Franklin, Tennessee. I think you got most of that. Yeah, that's amazing. We're also overseas quite a bit. So there's some things the Lord's doing in Europe, like that are very in similar streams of what we're doing here and just feel really called to establish places of his presence everywhere we go. So I love it. Awesome. Well, I'd be curious if you would mind, maybe just go back a little bit even earlier, like how did you get into this whole world? I mean, this is an interesting kind of thing to be doing that you guys are doing almost 60 hours a week of live worship and prayer. Obviously, you were at Pi Hop in Pasadena, so that was maybe, like you said, some intro into that. But how did you get kind of called into ministry and, and sort of end up where you, where you are? Yeah, it's really kind of crazy. My wife is born and raised in the church. She has like an amazing lineage of pastors and worship leaders in her history. And I actually came to know the Lord right out of college. Like I, I actually had a radical encounter with the Lord in France in 1998, which is going to age me, but hey, it is what it is. Sure. Um, had a radical encounter with the Lord in a cathedral in France in 1998, turned my whole world upside down, 
came home and the Lord really started. Can I just like interrupt you? And like, I'm so curious about the cathedral in France. Yeah. I mean, that's just, do you mind sharing, giving us like a minute of what that was? Sure. I was in a performing arts college and we did some choral tours in Europe, which like, that sounds like really romantic, but at the time it was like something we did in school, you know, born, raised in Southern California. And uh, my third year in school, we were doing a tour of this cathedral and then we were singing inside. And I just find this stuff interesting. I didn't know any better. Like I didn't know the Lord before this. So, you know, they're showing us the iconography on the outside of the cathedral. We're right about to walk in to sing and there's the separation of the sheep and the goats. It's the judgment seat of Christ. Wow. All the apostles holding the ways they were martyred. None of that meant anything to me. Just was kind of like, whoa, that's intense. Came inside and we sang, this is a, a Gothic cathedral outside of Paris. We're singing the Ave Maria. And at the end of this song, the presence of God falls on me and I fall out in the middle of the choir and just like felt a huge hand fall on me. I'm just weeping uncontrollably and just saying, God is big. God is big. And uh, Mm. all my friends thought I lost my mind. Uh, My directors were just like, oh, he's really moved, (laughs) you know, and that that presence of God that touched me when we came back and when I eventually ended up in the church. Anytime there was moments of sung worship, that same presence that touched me in that space in France is the same presence that touches me today, that touched me, you know, last night when we're in a set at the prayer room, it's the same God, you know? And so that was that. What's crazy is like, since we came to Nashville, we've been going back over to France and I got to take my wife and my two kids to the very place where I met the Lord in 98. And that's, there's nothing like, you know, but but just being able to show them the history of like, this is where I met the Lord. Like I didn't have that experience. And then I had that and now I'm never going back. That's so cool. And you were like, this was high school for you? My third year in college. Oh, college. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. That's such a cool story. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. So you have this encounter and then, yeah, let's pick up on the, on the journey there. Yeah, so came back, met my wife in 99. So very early in my walk with the Lord was just kind of like, well, now that I know this God, like how do I serve him with everything? And the only thing that was kind of given to me at that time was like, I should probably go to Bible college. (laughs) So ended up in my then girlfriend, now wife's um, family's Bible college in Pasadena, California. One of the first things they're teaching me is a tabernacle of David. <laughs> and in my mind, I'm like, oh, this is what everyone gets. You know, <laughs> you sign up for Bible college and they're teaching you the tabernacle of David. Only. So, <laughs> it, yeah, that's, I'm like, this is everyone's experience, right? You know, and I didn't know any better. But yeah. then I hear about David, yeah. this king in the Old Testament who loved the presence of God and was touched by the presence of God like I was. And I was like, I just wanted to live my whole life that way. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of, the introduction to the Tabernacle of David. Um, and then that kind of took me into a 10-year stint of working in corporate America, which is the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but just had a, a season of bivocational ministry and yeah. working by day and like grabbing my guitar and going and leading somewhere or being in the presence of God somewhere. And during that season, met Cheryl Allen, 
from PyHop and she was always, you know, Ryan, you know, you could do this all of your days, you know? And in my mind, I'm like, that's what I want to do. Yeah. You know? And it was uh, 2011, 2012, that like little season right there where the Lord made space for for us to jump in. And, and we've been in the, the prayer movement since 2012 full time. Yeah, that's cool. I love that. Yeah. So you were always musical, I guess, because you were singing in these choirs yeah. in France. Right. So I guess when you came to really know the Lord, I guess the transition into being a worship leader, was that pretty natural for you? Yeah. I, you know, I wasn't raised in the church again. So I just love the presence of God so much. I found myself on the worship team like as a, a backup vocalist, and I was just completely content. Mm -hmm. Like I was just getting lost in God. I probably was like the super enthusiastic one on the team because I was freshly saved, man. Like right. I'm like, this is God, you know? Yeah. I had a couple of people ask me like, would you ever want to lead worship? And I was like, no, yeah. it's okay. You know, <laughs> I didn't even think that was a thing. It was, it was in a church, got saved into a four square church. And that was kind of my first church experience. And you know, prophets come to town. I don't know what prophets are, right. you know, and <laughs> they're giving out words. I don't know what these mean, you know, it's, and a prophet came to town and said, I, I would play instruments and write songs, you know? And uh, so I asked my parents, I was like, well, I should probably get a guitar because this man of God just told me I should right. do this, you know? And my then girlfriend, now wife taught me my very first four chords. Oh, cool. And my only thought was that I wanted to be able to facilitate worship outside of the church service because mm. this was the late 90s, early 2000s. We didn't have Apple Music right. or Spotify. Yeah. Listeners, like, can you believe that? Like, there was a day <laughs> we didn't have YouTube. Yeah. I had to, like, get CDs. Yeah. So that was the only reason I wanted to play. Mm. And it's just been kind of, like, amazing to just watch what the Lord will do, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm curious, you are creative, you're a worship leader, uh, you're musical, but you're also a leader, like a ministry organizational leader as well. And so one of the things I thought it would be fun to ask you about is what that's like. <laughs> because in my experience, those don't always go together or they don't go together very well <laughs> in terms of right. personalities and giftings. And a lot of times a create, creative type isn't the type of person that's, you know, maybe super administrative or, you know, coordinating 60 hours a week of worship and prayer. So yeah, I'm just curious, what's, what's that like for you? Like, and, and maybe like, how did you end up in leadership? Cause it sounds like you're just content to sing. And then someone's like, well, maybe you should go guitar. So you got a guitar, you're, but you're still, it sounds like you're still kind of just serving, following as you get an in invitation, but then you found yourself, it seems like, in really some major ministry leadership roles. And so, like, how does that, how does kind of your leadership develop? Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. I think that there's different types of leaders, right? Like, I, there's leaders in the church that are heavy teachers, like just equippers, and that's just like where they're going to go, and that's their lane. I would probably say over the 20 some odd years of ministry, I've discovered that my gift sets probably land more in the pastoral space. Mm. I have like a huge heart for just people. So yeah. even when I was in corporate America, I used to tell my wife, if I wrote down all the things that I loved about my job, you would think I was a pastor, like uh. taking care of people and 
envisioning people for what their role is and all these things, you know, like you just kind of realize throughout life, you just kind of recognize the way that, that the Lord uses you. And then like, as you get older, you kind of lean into those spaces. So I, as a creative, like coming out of school, I was the classic, like scattered, like not organized person and had a couple of things fall apart on me, like early on, like just in work. Like I was, I was, went to school for performing arts, was going to, you know, try to do musical theater. And then God got a hold of me and took, I mean, that's probably another podcast, but took me in a completely different direction. But during that time had a couple like missed opportunities and missed appointments and had a really dear friend of mine that was just like, you need a planner. (laughs) (laughs) And like, and literally like, taught me how to use a planner yeah. was in corporate America. Like every time you get onboarded, they're teaching you organizational things. And for some reason, like I latched onto that and like a part of my brain, like just grabbed a hold of that stuff. And like, still to this day, like if you saw my calendar and if you saw the way that I like kind of organized things, a lot of that was the Lord helping me <laughs> because yeah. I was going to be in deep trouble. You know, I have huge sympathy for folks that are like, I don't know what my week looks like. And I'm like, <laughs> I know what that feels like. Um, <laughs> so it definitely was the Lord like yeah. helping like equip me because I'm definitely there can be some places where if I was just left to my original like creative devices, it would be disaster. Yeah. But then I've kind of learned to love those things and lean into those things and realize actually how they are pastoral tools. Like, mm to care for people and to create boundaries and all of those things. And, and the Lord's teaching me still how to create boundaries in my own life and, you know, all of those things. So, but yeah, that's a a lot of that. And honestly, like the 60 hours and all of that, you and I, I think even talked about this when we had a meal together, that's the Lord. Like we're doing everything wrong from like, from like an idea of like a visionary leader trying to mobilize people unto an end. Right. Like we are not following that script. Like we've given ourselves to ministering to the Lord and trusting that the Lord will build the house. Mm. And he really has like the stories are kind of incredible. I just was talking with the worship leader the other day who wants to start leading with us and was just kind of telling her some of the stories of like our failed weakness turned into like, a new person showing up and running a set that she shouldn't have been there. Like, it's just like, their story is like that. Yeah. So there's an element of, I mean, hopefully the majority of, of the strength of what's happening here is the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk about that. That's, that's incredible. I, I just wanted to ask you about the creative organizational thing. Cause I was, I was it's just so, so interesting to me. I'm, I'm sitting here, like you can see the books behind me. So I, my office here is like two sections. So like, this is like my computer and my books, and this is like my teacher organizational side. But the other side of the room is like guitars and a djembe and a mandolin and a couch. And it's like, so I even feel even some personal intertension with this work because I've got a little bit of a creative musical bent, but then I've also, I'm also kind of organizational and, and thinker and that kind of thing. So I feel that intertension. And so I always love just getting to know people and figuring out how their life and brain work to, to, to juggle both of those. My corporate America experience was accounting. Gotcha. So like when people hear that, they're like, what? And I still to this day, just for fun, like I have some friends that like are running nonprofits that I help 
their bookkeeping because it's like a weird place of my brain that I don't get to use very often. Yeah. And so I just enjoy doing that for fun, which like if I would have told myself that, well. Hey guys, this is Matthew. We'll get back to the episode in just a moment. If you're enjoying the podcast, please consider joining Presence Pioneers Premium, our brand new subscriber community. Paid subscribers will get exclusive premium content such as bonus podcast episodes, exclusive articles, early releases, and more. Presence Pioneers will be releasing its first e-course in 2024 with many more to come. And the Presence Pioneers premium subscribers will always have full access to the entire library of online courses. Visit media.presencepioneers.org or click the link in the description to join today. You can become a premium member today for an introductory price of only $5 a month. When the price goes up in the future, as our library of resources grows, you can stay subscribed at the original price. If you've enjoyed our podcast for a while, becoming a premium member is a simple way for you to help us cover the cost of producing this podcast and partner with Presence Pioneers in equipping the church with resources for day and night prayer, prophetic worship, missions, and revival. Visit media.presencepioneers.org to sign up today. I was 10 years in corporate America. I would have laughed, you know, right. like if I would have said, one day you'll do this for fun. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, Accounting yeah. for fun. That's right. I wouldn't have expected that, honestly. <laughs> you just do that for fun. Yeah, that's right, man. But that's cool. <laughs> Let's jump back to the to what you guys are doing there in Franklin, because you kind of started going there, and I wanted to ask you about that anyway. Let you just kind of share some of what's going on with the Franklin Prayer House and and the story of that. Is it literally in a house? Is that right? Yeah, where I'm here right now. There's actually a set going on downstairs. Yeah, we're in a house. There's a, which is a, there's a crazy. I mean, I feel like there's a crazy story to like. Anytime you get someone on here, I'm sure there's crazy stories for everything. But. Yeah, well, we're great for crazy stories. So if you want to give it to us, yeah. So we again, our doorway into the prayer movement was Pi Hop, was Pasadena International House of Prayer. And if it were really up to us, we just would still be there because we just love Cheryl so much and all our friends out there. But really felt like the Lord was moving us out here, Franklin Prayer House pre-existed us like the organization um they were doing a lot of like amazing unity stuff in the city of franklin we're in the backyard of em bounds so like em bounds pulpit is literally two blocks away cool like revival in the late 1800s out on the square like a block away like there's just so much history of prayer out here yeah. um, so they were doing amazing unity gatherings and when we felt the lord telling us to move this was one of the places where that was on our radar and so we had actually asked them like hey if the lord's moving us we know immediately like we have to have a prayer room like we just know that um could we build it under you and steve garrett who was the director at the time he was so generous to us and opened up a place for us to start so in 2016 tuesday and thursday mornings at 6 a.m which was like how we started at pie hop mm. um Aaron and I used to lead the 6 a.m.s when they have a larger space now, but they had a smaller space before. Yeah. And it was Karen and I 
at 6 a.m. in an empty room, yeah. you know, like just singing to God, you know. Yeah. And so when we came here in 2016, that was the, the only thing we knew how to start. So we we began that way and just have watched the Lord do crazy things like mm. since then. So I love that. 2016, we started in 2017. We took our first trip overseas to France. That was when I got to take my kids and my wife to the place. Yeah. I was the only worship leader at the time. And so I told Steve Garrett, who's our friend, I was like, hey, we'll just close the prayer room down for three weeks while we leave. And then I'll just start it right back up again when we get back. When you're pioneering, like you could do crazy things, you know? Sure. And so he was like, yeah, sure, sure, you know. And the Tuesday, 6 a.m. before we left for France, 12 people showed up hmm. to a 6 a.m. set. That's awesome. And like, Anyone who's been in the uh, small prayer room, like, that's a lot of people for 6 a.m. 6 a.m., yeah. Yeah. And so he was like, we can't shut this down. And I was like, well, we're going to be gone. So they found a couple fill-ins for us. And the first time we left the States while we were building the prayer room, the prayer room stayed open while we left. And one of the gals who was leading while we were gone like fell in love with just the space to minister to the Lord. And when we came back, she was like, can I keep going? And then Wednesday, 6 a.m. was born out of her having that experience. And that kind of started a weird pattern that like every time Karen and I would leave, the prayer room would grow. Mm. So like right before we would leave, we'd get a weird call that someone really felt on their heart to start ministering to the Lord. And we were like, well, hey, that works out. We're leaving. Like just yeah. like weird stuff like that happening over the last seven years, that's got us from, you know, four hours to nearly 60 hours a week. And I, I think I even told you this when we were together, Matthew, like we're horrible social media people. We're mm -hmm. like the worst. And we've never recruited and we've never like gone after people. We've yeah. always trusted that the Lord would bring people and it's been incredible. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, well, I think you're playing to your strengths. You're people, people. And so you're building relationships and somebody knows somebody who knows somebody and you're praying and you're staying faithful and God's bringing people in. And I love that. It kind of reminds me, I mean, when we started our first prayer room, my wife and I, we had just, we'd been married a year and a half and she was pregnant. And then shortly after we opened up, had our first, first kid, and we literally didn't know what to do. We were given a space, a prayer room space to use, but we didn't have a team or, you know what I mean? We were doing some like worship nights, but we really didn't know what we were doing. So we had a room, but we were like, well, what are we going to do? Let's just go out there every morning. And I literally set up front. We had somebody gave us a little microphone and some speakers. I set up front with my guitar you know, and just saying worship for an hour and a half. And she sat on the couch in the back with our newborn baby, you know, and we let people know we were doing it. And sometimes people showed up, sometimes people didn't. And, uh, and that was, sounds so similar how we kind of pioneered the first house of prayer, you know, three or four days a week, just going out there in the mornings and like, well, let's just worship, you know, we'll invite people, but it's really not about that. And so those seasons are, in many ways, they're really sweet because God's doing something in your heart, even though it's also maybe sometimes awkward or challenging yeah. uh, too. It's like you're, you're learning to just be content with God's smile and his presence and ministering to him. And you want others to experience that too. But at the same time, you know, if God's there, like that's enough. And there's something so sweet and special about those times. So 
Well, I remember when we were doing the 6 a.m.s, I used to make coffee every morning. Oh, so yeah. I'd feel like a giant carafe of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> and then like, at the end, I'm pouring it all out. You know, <laughs> I remember yeah. I would tell the Lord. I told the Lord one time and I was really moved because I was just like, there's going to be a day when this is empty. Mm. The only people that know this moment are you and me mm. and the folks that come early on. Like there was, there was a sweetness in Pi Hop and in Pasadena that even Karen and I kind of came in on the tail end of, of the, the kind of the beginnings, but there was a sweetness of the community that was there before it had momentum where there's such a purity in the motivation for why you're there. I still tell that to our worship leaders, you know, like there is a season coming that maybe there might be more folks that come right. and there's something sweet about us knowing about this place in this season, because the only reason we're here is the Lord. There's no other, it's not just a momentum thing that's getting us here. Like we've discovered the treasure mm. and that can never be taken from you, you know? And I'm so grateful that I came in when I did in Pasadena because Karen and I in an empty room on Tuesdays and Thursday mornings, that anchored us. Yeah, We met the man, right. Jesus there. And because of that, no matter where the Lord puts us on the planet, we know exactly what we're doing. Mm. Like we've never thought like, oh, I wonder what the Lord's going to have us do in this season. <laughs> <laughs> like we were like, we know, like we're going to be at his feet. Yes. You know, we're going to Psalm 27 for, for the rest of our days. Mm -hmm. And that will be true of us when we're in our 70s and 80s. I remember it was one of my favorite things that happened in Pasadena before we moved. I was so wrecked by just giving myself to the prayer movement consistently. And my daughter was born like right after we started and Lily was born right, right when we started. So she's the age of how long we've been in the prayer movement. Yeah. She was just had turned four and I went out on a run and I was just like thanking the Lord. I, you'll understand this, but I was thanking the Lord for what he had revealed to me of who he was mm. in the last four years. And all of a sudden, out of my mouth, I started saying like, what'll it be like in six more years when it's 10 years, you know? And then I was like, what will it be like in 16, 26, all of a sudden? And the vision wasn't like, what will I accomplish? It was, what will I know of you? Yeah, I love that. Mm. And how different will I be because of the knowledge of who you are? Yeah. Because I had already been so impacted in four years, like it started giving me vision for long term. Yeah. And that has stayed with me. Yeah. My daughter is going to be 12 next year and and it, I still feel the same way. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Still. Not what is my ministry going to look like? Yeah. What's it going to be like knowing you more? Right. Yeah. 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 If, if you showed me this much in four years, what's it going to be like in 40 years? Yeah. Right. Isn't that incredible? It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's so worth it, man. I love that. Hey, uh, we've got a few more minutes. Maybe say a couple minutes on what you guys are doing in the nations, because I, I don't know if I remember that you guys were doing stuff in the nations. I'd love to just hear a moment about that, and uh, and then we can kind of wrap up, and you can let people know how um, maybe they can connect with you and that kind of thing. But first, yeah, well, what are you guys doing uh, overseas? Yeah, so... Like everything, like the Lord kind of tricks us, you know, like uh, we always say, we always say the Lord's sending plan for us is like 
have us make deep relationships. Then the Lord sows our friends into the nations and then we go see them. And gotcha. then the Lord's like, surprise, like, right. <laughs> you know, and so we actually, when we moved to Tennessee, our first really close friends were missionaries that were getting ready to be sent to France. And that's actually what got us there in 2017. And through them, we met a, a group called Bless. They're a, a UK ministry that actually have a missions base in Normandy, France, and they have You'll love this. We're prayer people. They have a farm called Bethany, oh, cool. which like as soon as you hear that, you're just like, okay, what is happening? And we went out and visited them in 2017 and got immediately impacted mm-hmm. by just like, it's historically been a place of reconciliation prayer for Protestants and Catholics in France. Oh, cool. They've seen amazing things happen through their ministry and through their heart for France and for Europe. And so we started there in 2017 and we've been taking teams back there every year. Um, they have, there's a prayer room there and there's a lot of things happening in creativity and they do a lot of outreach to refugee communities that are there in Caen, which is in the port city. And so that's one of the main places we go to this farmhouse in Bethany. And there's some things developing there for us here with Franklin prayer house. We really feel there's a bridge between Franklin and France that we've been taking crews over there to basically do what we do here over there and have a huge heart for the nation. And then we're connected with a house of prayer in North Devon in England and friends of ours in Cornwall, um, John and Anna White, they're artists and poets and worship leaders and just a heart to see kind of a shift toward like maintaining rhythms of worship and prayer and devotion. It's all of the stuff we talk about in the prayer movement, like, 24 seven worship. That's great. Also like people of rhythms coming back to like daily Christianity Mm. week in and week out, day in and day out. And just really kind of investigating and trying to discover and rediscover ancient rhythms of what the people of God have been doing like forever. Yeah. Um, And trying to kind of give space for people to practice those things. And I feel like that's a lot of what we're doing here at the prayer room in Franklin. Um, And so that's a lot of what we're doing. So France and England and Ireland, there's just some things happening in Western Europe that we have a huge heart for. And again, just dear friends. Yeah. We're we're always talking about all the time, like one of the greatest deficits in ministry is the lack of friendship. Mm. Even during the pandemic, like I told Karen, I was praying one time and I was like, you know what? I believe God would totally move our whole family just because a family on the field needs friends. Mm. You know, like we we want to think of like some like giant vision or why we're, you know, and the Lord's like, I got a group over here that's lonely yeah, and needs people that understand them. And I've got this family right here that has a heart for the nations. I'm just going to sew them in here. Yeah. Like it, it could be that simple. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so that's a lot of what we're what we're doing. And and even like at the farmhouse, it's largely about rhythms of worship and prayer and sitting around the table and being with people. Yeah. I love that. I love your love for people. And I love that pastoral heart that comes out. That's such a beautiful picture of uh, Jesus in you guys and even the way he's building there in Franklin that's so relational and so worshipful. Uh, and it's just seems so pure to me just from an outside looking in. I haven't gotten to visit, but I'd love to someday, but you should come. Yeah, you should come. Yeah, I'd love to, but it seems so, it just seems so pure and it seems so just abounding in love. 
It's beautiful, man. This has been great, Ryan. Our time is up. I know we didn't we didn't even get into the Tabernacle of David, but we can do a, we can do a part two. And, That's right. And get get There's into lots that. To talk about. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if you know if people want to connect with you guys, I know you guys have some music out that people could listen to. Maybe just any ways that people, if they want to visit you or learn more or listen to your music or anything else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're, like I said, we're horrible on social, so our apologies, but we are on Instagram. Don't follow them on social media. (laughs) (laughs) We are on Instagram um, under We Are The Halls. So that's all like one thing. My wife and I, Karen and I release music under The Halls. So that's everywhere you find music. And then franklinprayerhouse.com is a good way. You can DM us on Insta. You can email us through the website on Franklin Prayer House. And that has kind of our schedule and all of those things. And obviously, like, you know, come in and the prayer room's open and, you know, anyone's welcome to be here. So but those are kind of the main things, I think. Yeah, perfect. Awesome. We'll make sure we put those links down uh, in the description. Obviously, I was kidding. Go follow them on Instagram because <laughs> they're awesome. <laughs> Ryan, this has been great. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Oh, no problem. Thanks, Matthew.